Hello and welcome back to the Dante in a Year podcast. My name is Danny Fitzpatrick. Let's continue with Dante's Paradiso, Canto 7. Osana Sanctus Deus Sabaoth, super illustrans claritate tua, felices ignes orum malakoth. So, revolving to his own note, I saw that substance sing above whom a double light is doubled. And he and the others moved in the dance, and as the swiftest sparks were veiled in sudden distance. I was doubting, and said, Tell her, tell her, within myself. Say it, I said, to the lady who dissolves your thirst with her sweet draughts. But that reverence that rules me all as my lady, just for be or for is, inclined me as a man who drifts to sleep. Beatrice suffered me thus but a bit, and commenced, arrayed of such a smile, as would make a man on fire glad. According to my infallible notice, the thought that just vengeance should be justly punished has set you pondering, but I will resolve your mind at once, and you listen, since my words will make great matter present to you. By not suffering for his virtue, that free reign to his strength, that man who was not born, damning himself, damned all his progeny for which the human species sprawled sick for many ages in great error, until it pleased the word of God to descend, uniting in himself in person the nature drawn so far off from its maker with the sole act of his eternal love. Now direct your sight to that which thus follows. This nature, united to its maker, just as it was created, was now clean and good, but through itself alone it was banned from paradise, because it had torn itself from the way of truth and from its life. If then the pain the cross impressed is measured by the nature assumed, no other ever gnawed so justly. And yet never was there such injury regarding the person who suffered in that he had contracted such a nature. Thus from one act issued several effects, for one death pleased both God and the Jews. At it the earth trembled, and the heavens spread wide. No more ought it seem to you so hard, when it said that just vengeance was then avenged in a just court. But I now see your mind restrained by thought within a thought into a knot, from which it waits with great desire to be resolved. You say, Well do I desire that which I hear. But why God willed our redemption in just this mode is hidden from me. This decree, brother, stays buried to the eyes of each whose genius hasn't matured in the flame of love. Truly, in that many admire this sign and few discern it, I will say why such a way was most worthy. The divine bounty, which spurns every venom from itself, burning within, sparks so that it displays the eternal beauty. That which is distilled of it unmediated has thus no end, since its imprint, when it stamps it, is not moved. That which reigns from it unmediated is totally free, since it isn't subject to the power of the new things. It more conforms, and thus better pleases, since the sacred ardor which arrays all things is most vivid in its best semblances. Of all these gifts, the human creature is advantaged, and if one lacks, it happens that he cascades from his nobility. That alone that enslaves him is sin, by which he falls dissimilar to the sum of good, so that he's whitened of its light but a bit. And he never comes back into his dignity, if not replete once more where fault had made him void, with just pains counter to his ill delight. 
your nature, when it sinned altogether and its seed, was removed from these dignities as from paradise. Nor could they have been recovered, if you look subtly enough, by any one way, except to pass through one of these fords. Either that God alone in his grace had dismissed the fault, or that man in himself had satisfied his folly. Fix your eye a moment within the abyss of the eternal counsel, as much as you may fix most strictly on my speech. Within his limits man could never have satisfied, since he could not descend with such humility, obeying only then, as in disobeying he'd intended to ascend. And this is the reason for which the man was barred from giving satisfaction of himself. Thus it fell to God in his way to restore the man to his entire life. I say with the one, or truly with both ways. But because the labor's rated better by the laborer, the more it represents the beauty of the heart from which it issues. The divine bounty which imprinted the world was content to proceed along all its ways to lift you up again. Nor between the final night and the first day was or will there be so lofty or magnificent an action, whether by the first or the second way. For God's grace was greater in giving of himself to make man sufficient to rise once more than if he of himself alone had dismissed it. And all the other ways were scant of justice should the Son of God not have humbled himself to incarnation. Now fully to satisfy your every desire, I return to clarify one point that you might see these things as I do. You say, I see the water, I see the fire, the air and the earth and all their admixture come to corruption and endure but a bit. And these things still were creatures, such that, if that which is said should be true, they ought to be secure against corruption. The angels, brother, and the clean place here where you are may be called created, just as they are in their entire being. But the elements that you have named, and these things which are made of them, are informed of a created power. The matter they have in them was created. Created was the formative power in these stars that turn about them. The soul of every brute and of the plants is drawn from potency's complexion by the ray and the motion of the sacred lights. But the supreme bounty breathes your life unmediated, and he enamors it of himself so that it then desires him always. And thus you may yet argue your resurrection, if you think again how the human flesh once was made in forming the first pair of parrots. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Dante in a Year podcast. See you next time for Dante's Paradiso, Canto 8.